amigos. I would like to welcome you to the brand new You'd Be Barking Mad Not To podcast. So I'll tell you a bit more about who the hell I am shortly, uh, but for now it's Claire. Claire Bond. No, it's Claire Lawrence. <laughs> for, the, for the first show, I thought it'd be pretty cool to run through a few things uh, about myself and things I know barking dog owners struggle with because, let's face it, you know, having a barking dog is no easy task and it certainly isn't for the faint-hearted. Uh, I know because you've kind of got to or well, you you definitely build up to having a real backbone because all of the stares and the glares that you get from other people uh, while you're out with your dog can be pretty heart-crushing, really. You know, you love your dog to pieces and you're already trying your bloody best to stop this problem. So I know how frustrating and annoying it can be. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start by telling you a little bit about my first dog, Titan, because uh, he really did go from perfect to problematic and really quickly... With me being, I was nothing more than like a chef at the time in a local hotel. Uh, I had absolutely no dog training knowledge whatsoever and I soon found out how difficult this problem was to deal with. So Titan, bless him, he was a super chilled out dog. I was a youngster when I got, um, we used to call him the Tidge, although that didn't last very long because he was massive. Um, That was definitely his nickname and at 15 I'd left home for no other reason than being a stubborn little shit, really. And I decided it was a good idea to get a dog. Uh, I'd have been 16. So this is where Titan came along. And he made puppy ownership, like, super easy. He followed me everywhere. He chilled out on the market stall I used to work on. Was great off the lead. And we could pass anything and everything in the way of distractions with no bother at all. Like, he just wasn't interested in them. And only ever wanted and opted to stay by my side. So when things started to go wrong with his behaviour, which what I'll probably do is tell you more about that on the next episode, actually, because it's it's one hell of a story. Um, When things started to go wrong, my perfectly well-behaved dog, who caused me no problems, went 110% sour. So I would have been around 19 when Titan transformed into this incredible barking stupidly strong hulk um and in the right corner weighing 178 pounds no i'm just kidding he was he was knocking on for about 60 kilos which is what 100 just over 100 pounds 130 pounds maybe um (laughs) i totally googled that so anyone who knows me will know my memory is like isn't good enough to remember my own age never mind something like that so yeah he weighed in at 132 pounds and hanging on to a dog that size with his full force of the weight and lunging, that was one hell of a fucking task, let me tell you. There was no way I needed to sign up for a gym membership, that's for sure. It got to the point where I had an incredibly dangerous dog. Titan would bark at anything we encountered, and given half a chance, he would bite. So I started to become and feel really anxious when I was out with him about what we'd encounter and what I'd have to deal with next. Uh, I really feared, you know, going out to walk him. Gone were the days of being able to to have him off the lead. And there were very, there were several actually very close encounters where he almost grabbed another dog and people. You know, he, he, was, he was really going for it when he went for it. I had to put everything that I had into hanging on to him and stop him pulling me closer to whatever it was that he was barking at. At the time, it seemed so unpredictable of when he was going to lunge. Um, I'd totally lost all enjoyment of taking my dog for a walk. In fact, I'd I'd go as far to say that I I dreaded it. I really did dread it. And those dirty looks from the people um, that we saw out and the stress of holding him back in action, 
I felt stuck on which way to go and I didn't know what to do when someone was approaching, you know, taking him to busy places to try and get him used to the things he was barking at. I did that and I was hoping that he would get used to it and it would stop him. But let me tell you, one encounter down in our local uh, park, Buxton Park, and I never did that again. (laughs) Christ, (laughs) that was a nightmare day. And things got that bad that he was he was kicking off one day towards a dog and this guy like looks up at me and he says you should put that dog to sleep which was yeah that cut deep let me tell you i was actually at the time fortunate enough to be living quite rurally so we had plenty of open fields around and the nearest shops and and signs of proper life if you like were about 20 minute car drive away and it sounds so idyllic doesn't it but hold that thought because I'd left home and I was living in a caravan and this was like a proper upgrade from the tent that I was sleeping in when I was in Nottingham. But it gets um, it gets quite busy with tourists around here. And in the summer months, it can be full of walkers, dotted here, there and everywhere. And when the weather's nice, those beer gardens and trails are full of people, kids and dogs. Anyway, that perfect puppy and dog that I had for four years had gone. And I hadn't the foggiest idea about what what to do about it. I was stuck. There isn't. I I don't think there's a feeling that's any worse in the world that when you have a problem with your dog, you kind of get stuck at a crossroads and you're trying different paths and you just don't seem to be getting anywhere or you're seeing any improvements in your dog's behaviour. And when Titan um, when Titan started barking and, and becoming this much of a problem, I did everything wrong. So much so that I actually ended up making his barking problem a lot worse than what it ever needed to be. But again, more on that under the time. I'm, I'm veering off track here. But that's my quick barking dog story. So if you're listening to this and you're suffering with the same problems, I hear you. You know, I've been in your shoes. So I'm going to brighten things up a little bit and tell you more about how life is now because things do get better. Before Titan passed at the grand old age of 12, God rest his soul, um, I was once again able to walk him through the village of Tideswell, which is in the Peak District, Derbyshire, um, around the village, and we used to go straight through the village, there's people, cars, kids, shop owners, there's, there's a lot of distractions on those busy mornings and days, and he never barked. I got him to the point where he was comfortable, he was happy, and he felt safe, which was the main issue behind his barking problem. So things got better for us and they can for you as well with your barking dog. Life is now because things do get better. At present I have four dogs. So I have two German Shepherds, uh, Sky and Hunter, and I have two terrorists. Uh, I mean terrors. <laughs> Oops, I mean terriers. <laughs> Digger and Lily. <laughs> the girls, uh, the two girls, Sky and Lily, <clears throat> they're no problem at all. Yeah, I can walk them wherever I want to, recall them back, pass things, all fine. The boys, however, Hunter and Digger, they are definitely not an easy walk, work, walk should I say, and I'm still working on fixing um, their barking problems, which I'll tell you more about uh, as we go through the episodes on these podcasts. I have a lot of barking dog stories. So let's have a look at what we're going to discuss in more detail today. So now you've heard a little bit more about that, I wanted to share some things with you on what I get up to. So I guess a good place to start would be to talk a little bit more about why dogs bark. And the short answer is there are a lot of reasons. However, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on the three uh, that I see most as a dog trainer. There's um, fear, frustration and attention seeking. Now, I appreciate how simple this sounds, right? Yet, when I was a young whippersnapper and I had no knowledge on a barking dog, 
Like I said, I did everything wrong. And we both know how easy it is to like get pissed off with your dogs when they're barking. I'm guilty of it. And this is something that I completely struggled to deal with, even when I was a qualified dog trainer. Never mind before that. Oh my God, I have a barking dog. People are going to think I'm crap at what I do. And I actually hid Digger, Hunter wasn't here at the time, but I actually hid Digger, the Border Terrier, away from the world for, for a really long time. Um, Digger's a podcast in himself, bless him. Uh, but I started to realise that, you know, so what, I've got a barking dog. So instead of worrying what other people thought about it, I'm just going to keep doing what I need to do to help him to, to get over it and be better behaved. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a long process with Digger, but I say I'll talk about him in another podcast. So let's get back to why dogs bark. So fear is quite simple. Um, it's a case of a dog being scared of something. And what a fearful dog can learn to do in the fence of um, fear defensive is that if they bark at the thing they're scared of, then it generally tends to go away. Um, frustration barking actually is something that I see probably more of. And I see this when dogs have been allowed to play freely with other dogs. Then what happens is, because they've had all that fun and interaction, or potential fun, it can go the other way, um, they start getting wound up because out on a walk and they're on the lead, then they can't go and play with every dog that they come across. So that starts to get frustrating for them, especially if they've been playing with other dogs for like a long time. So if you imagine, as uh, from a human perspective, if you imagine being given a bonus in your wage packet every single week, you've done a cracking job and you're keeping your boss happy. Every week you get this extra paycheck. It's like, woohoo. So then one week, the boss doesn't include the bonus and gives no rhyme or reason as to why he's done that. So you'd be pretty annoyed and frustrated, wouldn't you, as to why you hadn't got what you'd become accustomed to having. It's the same for these frustration barking dogs. So enough on that. Attention. Attention barking. So <laughs> I remember falling victim to this with Lily. She's a little Jack Russell. Um, she's she's pretty tiny even now. She's fully grown and she's super cute. And as a puppy, she was even smaller, obviously. I totally mo mothered her. Uh, she was that tiny. I worried about Titan and Sky, who I had at the time. Like when they started playing and the shepherd, you know how it goes. Um, I, I worried about them treading on her, so one shepherd paw would have totally covered Lily. She was she was like minute. So what she used to do is she used to come when they started getting a bit giddy. She used to come over and climb up my leg to be picked up. And when she did any of those things, I did the natural human response of looking down at her and picking her up. Now then, um, I can still carry her in one hand. You know she's she's that small, but she kept doing it which got annoying. She learned that if, if she climbed up my leg, I would look down and I'd pick her up. So then I started to think, right, well, I'll just start ignoring it because then I can't be having this all the time. So when I started ignoring it, she then started to scratch on my leg. And then what she learned to do was like run at my leg at full charge barge in speed and like whack into my leg and then came the barking. I was like, oh God. So here's the interesting thing. When she did any of those things, Again, down to a natural human response. Human and canine responses collide so much. When I looked down at her and I muttered under my breath something like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, piss off Lily or leave me alone, just looking at her gave her the, the attention that she wanted. And I well and truly made a rod for my own back there. I mean, Christ. There are, so they're the three that we're focusing on fear, frustration, and attention. 
There are other types of barking out there too, but I tend to focus on these because I don't want to bore you too much, you know, with a whole show on which one's which and because we'd, we'd just be here for hours. But whatever type of bark it is that your dog's doing, it does need to be identified correctly. So if you imagine, say you've got a barking dog and you're trying to teach, uh, say they're fearful perhaps, and you're trying to teach a fearful dog not to bark and you're using techniques for attention seeking, Disaster, man. <laughs> Total disaster. If my sister listens to this, actually, that sentence will have a wet and a knickers with laughter because the story behind the disaster is, is absolutely hilarious. It was an American thing. Um, I might, I'll, I'll knock it into another episode, perhaps. Uh, right, okay, Claire's Corner. Let's have a look at Claire's Corner. So what have I been up to? The, the short answer is a lot. I'm always up to something... And it's mainly work because I absolutely love my job. Um, I would never swap my job by choice. Though in training for my job, I had to do a lot of reading. Um, it's quite academic and article-based. And truth be told, I'm not a massive reader. So I, I find some reading hard. I'm, I tend to opt for listening to books on Audible. And I am a sucker for a good Spotify playlist, like excessively suckered. I love listening to music. Daily, I am wired up to my headphones and I regularly sing in the car and at home too. Much to the dog's delight, I'm sure. Though, when I do read something, it's generally about dogs or it's something that I want to learn about. It's pretty shit trying to force read something that doesn't interest you, isn't it? Um, and with this, I came across an article in the news about barking dog fines. Well, I read a couple, actually. Two, um, two fines were of owners abroad and the final one was uh, a couple in Wales and I think I recall they got fined like three grand for this little terror, this little Jack Russell's constant barking. It was at all hours of the day and night. Could you imagine how annoying that would be? The report on the article said that the council had recorded 1,350 barks in a 45 minute period. Jesus, that is, that is some serious barking. And in-house barking is is a pain in the ass too because you know guess who's been through it you've got it <laughs> your very own Claire Bond I've, I've been through it so when I read this I was I was a little taken aback about how it had been left to develop to this stage because I kind of reminded myself that I do know much more now than the most you know it's not not to blow my own trumpet but I guess because I do this every single day I actually forgot how much I automatically know and automatically train dogs without realising it. So I rarely shout at the dogs when they bark, though I am in a human and I'm 100% guilty of reacting myself before taking one of those, you know, those woosah breaths and off, what was it off? Was it bad boys? Where he rubs his ears and go woosah, <laughs> um, just because I find it funny. Which, when I do that, it puts me back on track to you know, sort the problem out instead of, like, rearing up and shouting. and Because all that does is makes you feel better for a brief moment. It's proper easy to get annoyed with your dog. And when I had this in-house barking dog problem, I definitely did. Because, well, what happened was I'd not long moved out of the um, caravan into a proper place, like one with bricks and mortar, leaving the caravan days behind. So now I had neighbours. Two big alert and guardian German shepherds and the addition of a yapping terrier digger joining in was not ideal at all. I hated it. And it got to the point where they literally barked at the slightest noise they heard. 
a car passing, the postman and the letterbox going, and don't even get me started on village Saturday nights when people were going to the pub and talking as they passed the house. I became like a proper in-house recluse on these nights. I can't describe how hard it was to keep my cool and sort the problem out back then. Uh, but the big girl panties went on and I dealt with it how it should be dealt with, i.e. no shouting and joining in with the dogs. So a top tip for you to take away from the first podcast, and there'll be many more in all of the episodes that we um, that I share with you, is do not shout at your dog because it's pointless. You know, it doesn't it doesn't teach them anything. You will feel the urge to do it. I did. You will. Uh, I'm presuming that you're a human like me too. So don't stress if you accidentally pop out a little fucking owl or shut up, stop it. <laughs> it's easy done. It does happen, but. What I will tell you is that I found that by reducing the shouting that I did and dealing with it in a more patient and quiet manner soon solved the problem of that in-house barking. Uh, let's see, how are we doing for time, actually? Uh, okay, well, right, okay, so we haven't got long left. So what I'll probably finish up with, um, there's your lesson, don't, don't shout at your dogs. So uh, what can I say? Oh, actually, it's probably worth mentioning how getting things right from the start with your dog is pretty damn effective. So if you're listening to this and you haven't yet got a puppy, or you're thinking about getting a puppy, um, or perhaps you're thinking about getting another dog and don't want to have a barking dog again, then yeah, effective reward-based training done properly will help you set off on the right foot. However, I'm going to presume that the majority of the listeners already have a barking dog. And, and that's cool, we, you know, we can, we can do stuff to, to help your dog to learn to be quiet because dogs can learn all of the time, daily. It doesn't matter how old they are, they, dogs are learning all the time, just like we are. And what dogs do is they, they test things to see if, if they work for them. You know, they're a pretty intelligent species and, yeah, they are. Like, sometimes I think they're <clears throat> more intelligent than some people I meet. And I'm going to put the cards on the table here as well and state that dogs are a really selfish species too. <laughs> Not in an arrogant way, but dogs will do what dogs were designed to do. And barking in a dog is a form of communication for them. However, what's considered a normal rate of barking can quite quickly escalate into an uncontrollable um, mess, if I'm quite honest. You know, it doesn't take a dog long to learn that a bark works and then they keep using it and they try harder and boom, before you know it, you've got an excessive barking dog problem. Be prepared for changes in your dogs. You know, they, they do what works for them. So even if you've got a dog that doesn't bark, it could happen. Even a perfectly well-behaved dog, you know, just like Tidge was at Titan, it can change at any given moment, especially when they incur a situation that makes them see things differently which I'm going to do on episode two and tell you more about, because like I said before, the, t the whole Titan story is not only a corker, absolute corker, um, in, in how it happened, but because things change so quickly. So I suppose what I'll do is I'll finish on that note, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the next story, because honestly, you, you need to hear this for a as a barking dog owner, you really do. So, I'm going to speak to you next time, amigo. I hope you've enjoyed the first podcast, and Claire is out. Claire is out.